morning. Morning. It's a rainy day. You can all experience God's shower of blessing. <laughs> Our dear brother David Mills is worshiping God in his very presence this morning. David loved the Lord and he certainly loved the book of Hebrews because he has taken the time to memorize the entire book. It has 13 chapters and 303 verses. Hebrew is a wonderful book. It begins its chapter with the great salvation of God through Christ with this word. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manner, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, have in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And further on in the book of Hebrews, the author talked about the rest of God in chapter 3 and 4. We are going to examine a couple of the passages. The first passage that we are going to look at is Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. For some, when they have heard, they provoke. How be it not all that came out of Egypt by Moses? But by whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believe not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. In the Old Testament, God refers to the land of Canaan as his rest. He delivered the Israelites from their life of slavery in Egypt through Moses. Moses was supposed to lead them out of the land of bondage and into the promised land, the land of Canaan, the land of milk and honey. However, due to their grumblings and the murmuring and their inability to sever the ties with Egypt. They said that they were better off in Egypt because they had leaf fish, cucumbers, leeks, onions, and garlic. They complained that there was no water and they were going to die of thirst. They complained there was no meat and they are sick and tired of manna. They have to wander in the wilderness, wilderness for 40 years. After they sent 10 spies to check out the land of Canaan, only Joshua and Caleb gave good reports, and many in the congregation wanted to turn back to Egypt. God was not pleased with them, and they all perished in the wilderness, including Moses, because of their unbelief. Joshua was chosen by God to lead the Israelites into his rest, the promised land. The second passage that we are going to look at is Hebrew chapter 4, 
verse 1 to 3. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said. As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were, were finished from the foundation of the world. In the Old Testament, the Israelites were delivered from the bondage of Egypt, wanderings in the wilderness into the promised land. There were two stages in the life of Christians. Uh, there are two stages in the life of Christians. The first stage is that we believe that Jesus came to die for our sins on the cross for atonement and pardon. The second stage is that we believe that Jesus is our Lord, the priest king in heaven who sanctifies, intercedes, and comes back to take us home to the Father. The aim of the author is to warn us not to rest content with the former, the preparatory stage, but to show all diligence to reach the second and enter the promised rest of a complete deliverance. This morning, I'm going to talk about living in the rest of God. As usual, I use the word rest to help us to remember the major points of the message. Recharge. How many of you have cell phones, smartphones, iPads, iPods, and digital cameras? After you use these devices for a while, what do you have to do? That's right, the energy is used up and you need to recharge these devices so that they can be functioned as intended. In, in the same way, we feel tired and weary as we travel on our spiritual journey. I'm sure that there were times that you felt that you are unable to move on. I'm sure there were times that you lack any desire or motivation. I'm sure there were times that, that you cannot concentrate or even think clearly. You need to be recharged. You need to plug into God's receptacle and be re-energized. John 15 verse 5. I'm divine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. We need to know that we must rest in God and he is the ultimate source of our power. Psalm 46 verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. We need to learn to be patient and exchange our feeble strength for his mighty power. Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. When we are living in the rest of God, 
we can be recharged. We focus. There are a lot of things in this world that can snatch our attention away from God. There are many distractions around us that can draw our eyes away from Christ. There are numerous seemingly innocent matters that capture our focus. Whenever we feel that our vision is blurred, whenever we feel that our priorities have been sabotaged, whenever we feel that our sense of direction has been misguided, we need to refocus on Christ and Christ alone. Hebrew chapter 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. When we are living in the rest of God, we can, ref- we can refocus on Christ. We find God has not promised that the sky is always blue. We are called to suffer with Christ. Philippians 3.10 That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Trials and tribulations are orders of the day for every Christian. Difficulties, obstacles, challenges and disappointments are to be expected, but rest assured, we can find true peace amidst all these trying circumstances. John 16, 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace, in the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. God has a purpose in each of our lives. The closer we walk with God, the more frequent we experience the fire of refinement. Isaiah 48 verse 10, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. As God turns up the heat in the refining furnace, the drawers of our life will rise to the top and God can remove them from us. Zechariah chapter 13 verse 9 and, we'll, and I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people and they shall say, the Lord is my God. Refinement is excellent in preparing us to worship God with pure hearts and clean hands. Malachi chapter 3, verse 3. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Are you making the proper choice in life? Hebrews chapter 11, 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God 
than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. When we are living in the rest of God, we need to be refined. Enjoy. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. We are to enjoy God's provision and blessings. 1 Timothy 6.17 Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. We are to enjoy God's very presence. Hebrews 13.5 Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. We are to enjoy God's guidance. Psalm 32 verse 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. We are to enjoy God's chastisement. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 and 6, My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourges every son whom he receiveth. When we are living in the rest of God, we can enjoy him. Experience. We can learn of God through the doctrines, but we can only know God by experiencing him. Moses encountered God in the burning bush and he experienced God's holiness. Exodus 3 verse 2 And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Exodus 3 verse 5 and he said, Draw not nine hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. When Joseph revealed his true identity to his brothers while they were in Egypt, he experienced God's providence. Genesis chapter 50 verse 20. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. The Apostle Paul was marching to Damascus to seek persecutions of the Christians. He met the Lord and experienced God's mercy and grace. Acts chapter 9, verse 3 to 6. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, So, so, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, 
I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the bricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. When we are living in the rest of God, we can experience it. Expect our hopes as Christians lie in Christ coming again. We are to live with expectation. Acts 1, verse 10 and 11. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as they, he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. The Apostle Paul reminds us in 1 Thessalonians that God always fulfills his promises. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 17. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so them which also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. What a glorious day it will be! When we can see our Lord and Savior face to face. 1 John 3.2 Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When we are living in the rest of God, we can expect his return. Separate. We believe in a holy God. We must learn to live a holy life in God. First Peter 1.16 Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Living a holy life means to deny certain things in this present world. Titus 2.11 and 12 for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. While in the world, but not of the world, 
We need to separate us from the world in every area. That does not please God. First John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. When we are living in the rest of God, we need to separate unto him. Study. King David lists six reasons why we should study God's word. Psalm 19, verse 7 to 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the law is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Our diligence in learning God's word is to seek God's approval and to be able to teach his words. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God, a woman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God's words are useful to discern truth from error, right from wrong, the character that we should strive for, from the inadvertent behavior we should abstain from. What pleases God from what displeases Him. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When we are living in the rest of God, we can study the scripture. Serve. Service in a Christian's life can be threefold. The first one is toward God. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as unto the Lord, and not unto man. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Christ. The second one is toward other people of the same faith. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. The third is towards people we don't know, 
or associated with. Hebrew chapter 13, verse 2. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. When we are living in the rest of God, we need to serve. Trust. The scripture is very clear about putting our trust in God and not man. Psalm 118 verse 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. The scripture is very adamant in telling us to trust God and not ourselves. Proverbs chapter 5 verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Our complete trust in God always and in blessings. Psalm 37, 4 and 5. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desire of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and it shall bring it to pass. Our trust in God takes away our fear. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also become my salvation. Our trust in God gives us strength. Isaiah 26, verse 4. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. When we are living in the rest of God, we can fully trust Him. Touch. God touched all great things for fervent and faithful services. He did it for Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting up upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one with six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And flew one of the seraphim unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongue from off the altar. Verse 7. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, these have touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. He did it for John. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet, as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me.
saying unto me, Fear not, I'm the first and the last, I'm he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. When we are living in the rest of God, He touches every aspect of our ministry for His own glory. Transform. The God whom we believe in doesn't change. He cannot change because it implies that He can be better or worse. James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He is immutable. He is the same regardless of time, place, and circumstances. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. The God who doesn't change, cannot change, and will not change, wants to change us so that we are conformed to the image of his dear son. Romans 8.29, for whom he did for new, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Sanctification of the saints is a long drawn process, whereby we yield our views to his perspective, whereby we submit our will to his wishes, whereby we surrender our intellect to his wisdom, and whereby we, he must increase, but we must decrease. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God give us a mind to know Him. God give us a heart to love Him. God give us a will to follow Him. Pray that God continues to chisel the undesirable from us until we are left with what He wants us to be. When we are living in the rest of God, we can be transformed. God's rest is the most wonderful place that a Christian can desire. Are you living in the rest of God? Are you studying His scripture every day? Are you pondering His presence everywhere? Are you striding with Him every step? Are you surrendering, surrendering to His sovereignty every second? Are you carrying out his commandment every moment? Our Lord Jesus is calling out to you now to come to him. Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. 
Jesus doesn't just give you rest. He is your rest. Steve can ask you to close in prayer, and then we will sing uh, 293 in the Red Hymn afterwards. Father, we are so thankful to have been here this morning to once again be reminded of our rest in Christ Jesus. We thank thee, Lord, that it was all made possible because of Calvary's cross. But, uh, Father, if we're honest, we will confess that many of us have not found that rest yet. We seem to always be wandering from the things of God. So, Father, we pray that as we meditate upon this uh, message this morning, that we might truly come to know Christ as our rest and be able to rest in him come what may. We ask it in his name and for his glory. Amen. Yeah, let's turn to 293 in the Red Hymnal, the Haven of Rest. Mm-hmm.